Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. Again, I love it. Oh, it's well, I know it's terrible. I'm sorry, not paying attention. <laughs> we have to pay attention now. Yes, it's getting that. How are you? Um, How are you today? I'm fab, 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 fab. <laughs> so, <laughs> we got to put something out here right now. So, this is going to be the after school special of Gap and Girl Time. Yes. We're going to be talking about some heavy, heavy stuff today. So this is your trigger warning. Um, If trigger warnings are definitely abuse, including physical and emotional abuse, um, I would say rape would be in there as well. And um, just the basic breaking down of a person. So if those things are too rough for you, totally respect it. Just letting you know what you're about to get into. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, I know a lot of listeners listen because they know us personally. And a lot of this is going to be about uh, some stuff that happened to me a few years ago. And so people know, like, but they're going to hear more in detail and things that I haven't shared with anyone because it's, you know, I, I haven't wanted to sh- necessarily the, to share the extremeness of things. Yeah. But I think that it, you know. Here's why I want you it, to share it. Because I think it's deep down, it holds you back some, especially creatively, you know, with your career. Yeah. And the goals that you want to achieve in your comedy career. You've been talking to my daddy. No, <laughs> I have not. I just. Yeah, I think I'm, it does. It set I me just, back. I it, just see what I see. It set me back several years. Like I literally have lost years over this incident. So that's why I can't imagine yours like our guest we have a guest (laughs) we do have a guest and here i am like going that's why i can't even imagine so we've got a guest today mystery mystery (laughs) guest we'll just call her mystery mystery Ooh, i like that so you are now mystery i like that hello mystery thank you so much for coming in today thank you so much no Mm -hmm. that's not a problem (laughs) i think this is something i definitely need to share with everybody uh, let me tell you, well, I guess we need to say we're going to talk about abuse in a BDSM relationship. And we're going to talk about abuse in a vanilla relationship. We're going to yes. talk about abuse in general. Um, and I'm going to put out this disclaimer. I have not personally been abused, but my mother was a battered wife by several different men. So when I'm 
asking you these questions. It's things that I've always wanted to ask my mother. She's not here with us anymore or else I would ask her. A little bit of backstory, though. I've known you for several years, Mystery. At least five. 2014. Oh, yeah. Five or six years. Yeah. And I was drawn to you instantly. You ever just had that feeling when you meet somebody and you're like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be long list best friends. That's the way I feel when I first met you. No. Same thing as you were sitting right next to me and because we met the next day when at the Halloween party. Um, I was Morticia and you were Alice from Alice in Wonderland. And I was my daddy had went to go get the car and I was drunker than Cooter Brown. And you were talking to me and I have no idea what I was saying to you. But I remember falling flat on my ass. And I remember laughing, said ass off. I couldn't. I was like, that was but I think it night. was the whole, um, you stole my name. I would have done that in a heartbeat. Hey, you know, sorry, there can only be one. Well, um, on that same night, <laughs> in the same yeah. town at an unrelated party, <laughs> at the Freakers Ball, I was dressed like Flo. From the progressive commercials. Oh, I, I've always wanted to do an act like Flo. And oh my gosh, I have the button still and everything. <laughs> oh I have everything. You know, the, you just, we need a new white apron. Maybe but, not Flo, but you know her twin sister? The new one? <laughs> yes. The one that looks at her phone all the time and she's just like, this is bullshit. It was the, the best. One. It was the best, one of the best Halloweens ever. But I love that she's all in white and her name's Flo. <laughs> like they dress her like a big huge tampon and then they name her flow and she sells protection for you wow <laughs> you got this through through so She's anyway a lot about that halloween am i right halloween. now let's get back to here that's when the alice. freaks come out at night of course well mm-hmm. i dressed as alice because i knew everybody was going to be dark and very you know was it a bdsm or a bdsm swinger it was a bdsm party yeah it was Mm -hmm. it was a club libertine thing those were fun parties oh yeah you start where you want to start the most bizarre thing was making that turn on merchant's road Mm -hmm. and driving down by el chico yeah that's where we met you met at a lunch munch, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, I remember that day. Yep. Vividly, I remember that day. So you met, and mm-hmm. what was it about him that attracted you? The witty banter, the fact that we could both be dark. He understood and didn't back down. It was one of my first encounters with a dominant, and I usually now say dominant with a little D. Mm-hmm. Because that. <laughs> hey, you gotta earn that big D. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Right? Well, he, he had it and then lost it very yeah. quickly. But that it, having that banter with somebody that understood me mm-hmm. and I understood them, and we could use nice big words, and it wasn't that deer cotton headlights. Oh my gosh, what are you saying? What does. A cerebral connection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look at 
everything going back. And it's like, I remember smelling alcohol on his breath. I should have known. Yeah, that was going to be my first question was, what was the like, what was the telltale sign? The one that you actually noticed, Mm -hmm. you know, and said, "Uh oh, I may be in trouble here. About, and this is really scary and really sad because I saw it, but didn't follow through with it. Three months into the relationship, after we were on the phone every day for eight hours while he was at work. Mm -hmm. And I went with some friends. She was getting a new job and needed a nice shirt. And I found a shirt. He was on the phone, held up the shirt and said, hey, is this what you're looking for? And he started screeching on the phone. I only have so much time with you. Did it. So oh, I, one of those. You, one of those. You, All right, so you may he, not have friends. So <laughs> he man- manipulated your time. Correct. And didn't want you seeing other people. I did not want. He did not want me to interrupt his life with mine. With meeting up with my friends not going you know he wasn't able to get away from home but i was but i wasn't allowed to because we were supposed to be on the phone constantly now is this the time was he married still married then correct okay yeah yeah which would have been another telltale sign at the beginning it was more i want to teach you more about the scene i want to teach you how to find yourself in the community to Mm -hmm. find out where you are you know where you are personally are you a dominant female are you just alpha but submissive are you um you know a switch are you a sub let's go through this and i'll mentor you number one never have a male mentor as a female Please. Agreed. And I've said this before. Mentors, you do not fuck your mentees. You do not have a sexual relationship with them. Period. Correct. Of story. Yes. All right, so he wanted to mentor you. What I see now is he saw he saw fresh meat. You know, you were brand spanking new in here. You're freaking adorable. You're funny. You've got a great personality. People are just drawn to you and drawn to your presence and to your aura. He wanted to squash that. He wanted all that for himself. And he thought, oh, I'm going to mold her into what I want her to be. Correct. Yeah. That uh, this is, I want this person to be on my arm to make myself look like a better person. A lot of people at the time did not enjoy his presence or company that was one of the that was one of the last things that happened when i told him you know we go to parties because people like me Mm -hmm. they put up with you that's when i you know my glasses were punched off my face and i was in the yard looking for them okay let's back up let's back up let's back up some (laughs) wow let's not get there just yet yes So in those three months, Mm -hmm. it was total bliss. You didn't you didn't see anything 
that may have posed a red flag like man am i i'm really spending a lot of time on the phone or was it one of those things where you wanted to spend that much time on the phone with him you know i remember my nre with my daddy and we just couldn't get enough of each other so was it something like that or or was it more domineering you're gonna talk to me it was a lot of you're gonna talk to me but it came he came from the teaching aspect well this is what i've been through in my lifetime in the community and this is you know this is what you need to do to find yourself but don't look on the internet don't read anything on there because it's most likely all wrong bring it to me i can tell you what's going on so i would meet other dominants who would say you know hey come out let me do one gentleman did readings Mm -hmm. i went out and he was like you need to give me a call every 15 minutes and let me know and make sure that you're okay but it was talking on the phone constantly and watching my grass grow longer because I couldn't get on the mower long enough to mow the grass at about 5.15 until dark was when I could do any of my yard work, anything that made loud noises while I was on the telephone. Really? Because that was his dinner time with the wife, probably. Bingo. Mm -hmm. I knew. I knew exactly where he was and what. Because we didn't see each other very much at the beginning i mean we spent more it seemed like we were on we were together like face to face for so long but it was all over the phone it was never really face to face so okay just i've had one of those where you really just talk over the phone and the text and and you don't see each other physically see each other did you not vet him at all did you ask any of your friends? Now, I got to tell you, I'm, I was your friend then. I did not know him well enough. Until they do something to me, I don't have any problem with you. And that's the way I looked at him. Well, he's never done anything to me or anybody that I know of close up close. So he gets a pass. Did you try to vet him at any time? Did you ask any of your friends about him in those? Because... <laughs> Being physical, being physically with someone eight hours a day is a lot different than being on the phone with somebody. Because I could be on the phone and on the computer on the same time looking him up. Right. Or was it one of those things where you were trying to follow his rules because you thought that's what you needed to do at the time, right? That you needed to be a good submissive. At that point, we weren't in a dynamic at all in my mind it was mentor and i did so was this some type of special training because i mean in my opinion i don't think any relationship seems normal that they want you to contact them every 15 minutes so it had to be presented to you some way for this to be acceptable to you as you know just a regular person unless you were in a similar dynamic before him where you had some type of similar reporting you know what i mean like to have to check in 
every that just quarter seems excessive hour. And is there was super. no checking in. There was no checking in. Literally never got off the phone for right. eight she would, hours. She, she wears those headphones. Yeah. Ever since I've met her, she has wore those headphones. And one thing would be in her ear, and he would be in her ear all day at night, too, I guess. I, t- I heard from him from 8.15 when he left the house until 5.15 when he got home. Were there ever times where you just didn't answer the phone? Nope. I and, and that's the phone. what I'm trying to get at. Did you feel like you needed... He told you, this is what you need to do. You need to talk to me for eight hours a day. I think it just creeped in there. I think mm-hmm. they had really good conversation and banner and that they just yeah. started talking. And he saw the door and it, wide open. And it, I think that it, because that's how the relationship that I had with the person that ended up abusing me started was, you know, I liked his voice. One of my friends introduced us via phone. Let's talk. We talked a lot. This person told me uh, he was a widow. Didn't think anything about it. Had random hours. I had random hours. But I didn't talk to him all the time because I had kids and a job and whatever. But when we talked, very similar headphones in, cleaning the house, kids in between school, time off work at night a lot when everybody ours was at night but it's almost like a form of brainwashing because see now you're talking until three in the morning you know for me getting up doing whatever so you've got full eight hours of this in your ear regularly but you crave the campaign you know everything's cool hunky-dory they're funny they're matching you they're mirroring you remember how When we were at the Friday Munch, I was going to munches every single one I could get to because mentally I've been in BDSM since I was eight. Mm -hmm. I've been a masochist since I was little. Yeah. You know, pull off the Band-Aid quick. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I don't need... It's bleeding. Very cool. But didn't get into the community here until two weeks prior to meeting you. When you told him, oh, she's been in for two weeks, he fell out of the chair. Yeah. And was like, I swore I would never do that again. My memory is not as good as yours, of course, of that day, because I'm just, you know, I'm flip-flopping everywhere. I'm not paying attention to right. to what you and him are doing. Um, but looking back at it, prime meat. I mean, you're just... You're Angus right now, you know, you're that top sirloin and uh, you're fresh and you're moldable. Three months in, something changed. Was that the start of the physical abuse? No, no, because we didn't see each other. Right. It was all at that point. Everything was seemed okay. Even talking on the phone, you know, I work from home or and he was a- available to work all day because he worked his own jobs. Mm-hmm. That first thing that happened after those three months, it was, oh, this is bad. This isn't good. This is abusive. And I sat out in the car and apologized to him until I 
was blue in the face. I apologized. Why did you apologize? You're still in that three months. You said that you're a mentor-mentee type relationship. So when that, when you said that you couldn't, you know, go see your friends or his time is limited with you, is that when it turned into a dominant submissive relationship? When did it turn into a dominant submission relationship or did it ever? Sitting down and coming up with a contract. We never had a contract. We never, you know, he always said, I'm, I'm your dominant. You are my submissive. Right. But when that, did he say that? When did, when was it clear to you that, cause I remember you getting collared. I don't even, to me, it didn't even feel like it. It was just more of a relationship and he took point because he knew the community. He knew how BDSM worked. He knew I didn't know anything. So when he would say, this is what this is, I sat back and was like, well, I guess that's how it works because I'm not allowed to go on, you know, online to see how things work at that point I was kind of isolated to the community on who I could talk to to find out more if you remember he asked you to talk to me about how to be a good submissive he asked a couple people (laughs) that's a funny brat let me ask a brat let me ask how to be a good sub (laughs) I am a good sub damn it (laughs) when I want (laughs) Why not? What? I just think I think it's funny that he referred to me as a, you know, as a good resource. You are a fetish. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. And if it's too difficult of a question, then I completely understand. If he's saying to you early on, I'm just your mentor, you know, and then he starts saying, well, I'm your dominant and you're my submissive. When did that change it had to have been an instant because he's been telling you this the whole time leading up to it and then finally he just says well i'm your dominant and you're my sub i remember that it was more going back to that vanilla i love you i can't see myself without you i want to be with you you are the light at the end of my tunnel i remember hearing that over and over and over again prior to anything else becoming where he was coming out more like on weekends or where we could be face to face together more. Mm -hmm. That's I think where it started. So he was in my brain. He was in there. Verbal and mental abuse sneak in there Mm -hmm. so quick and so easily because it's I love you. Let me pet you on the head. You're everything to me. You are the light at the end of my tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know, you are the end all beat all. You are where I want to be for the rest of my life. And that's where it started. So when I was like, yes, I want to be with you too. It then became, I am top dog and you listen to everything I say. Was he planning a transition for you to be together, like for him to leave the wife? Yes. Was this in the in the plans? Yes. And you had a decent place and 
all yeah, that kind of stuff. he needed somewhere that's to what, go. That's my question is was, like if he was trying to get rid of that relationship, like with the wife, you know. She, she got to the point where she was not interested in more of the swinging that they did and wanted to go totally vanilla. And he did not. That is not something that he ever wanted to do. I did. I was a landing pad because he he knew if we were together and he left. Prior to that, do I know? I don't. I don't well, know yeah. prior to meeting me where that relationship was. I feel like the switch flipped for him to be full on dominant so that when he moved in to your place your setup and everything that you had worked for that he would just move right in there and take that completely over and it would then be his rule of the roost so to speak then he you know he could run the show especially when he came to me and said that i needed to put the house in his name (laughs) i was like okay wait a second in my mind, I'm going... How far into the, the relationship yeah, was that? that's the thing. I mean, how long had y'all been seeing each other now? By the, when he moved in, that's when everything was like... Yeah, I, I was like, okay, with my other relationships, I've always held back just that one little bit, you know, to make sure I'm independent in case this doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. And because of the community, not the community, but being in BDSM... I was like, okay, I have to be all in or all out. I, I, yes, I can totally see that. Yes. Yes. So I was like, okay, I pulled all of my clothes out of the closet so that he could, he could tell me where he wanted all of his to sit and I would figure out mine later. That was perfectly fine. I was going to give him everything. Except the deed. Except the deed to my house. <laughs> I hope. No. I hope. <laughs> no. Uh, I looked around. I, having been in a field that works both the money side of it and the, the giving and the receiving of money, I knew that he couldn't, but I made it sound good. I made it sound like, oh, yes, yes, I'll look into that. And I'm going... <laughs> Yeah, there, that is one thing. Yeah, know. I'm not dumb. You know, I'll play your game, but I'm not stupid. Right. It will remain where it's at because this is I did feel guilty f- about it, about the fact that I was holding back that one independent thing, which mm-hmm. was my property. Yeah. yeah, nobody could. I didn't want anybody to be able to take that. Well, I, you hasn't felt- he been trying to take that since this whole situation has happened with all the stuff he's been trying to drag you through? I like moved. taking you to court constantly and then you moved. Okay, we're getting what? ahead of ourselves. Oh. Yeah. Getting ahead of ourselves here. Okay, so how long were you together when you moved in? When he moved in? Almost almost two years. Two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So to to the eye that would seem like all right, that's that's doing a long okay. Time of that's, getting to know each other. That's a long time of getting to know each other. But the he's next just step. grooming her. Yeah. Yes. That's the next step is to move in. Mm-hmm. How long did you live together? Another three years. Oh come on. Was it really that long? We were together almost five. 
My memory before is everything happened. And so since 2014, so uh, that's there was there's the four years and then the two years of living two and a half years of living hell that I've gone through since I left. Okay, yeah. So four years, you know, we'll say that they lived yeah. together. Yeah, or that they were together. Yeah, they were two together. Two years of grooming and, and two years of living yeah. together. Yeah. Was the change immediate when he, you know, moved in? Or was it With gradual? The abuse, or was it like a frog in the pot? With the abuse, um, I really, thinking back on it, I it's so hard to just at this point. I think when he did move in, everything kind of blurred. That's when that's you went when on autopilot. That, that autopilot went. That's when I was like, okay, I need and want to make this work. Well, when he first moved in, because I I don't, I can't say how you feel, so please don't take what I'm saying like this, but uh, having been in a similar type relationship that ended very badly, except that the abuse didn't happen for me regularly, like we had a, a BDSM type relationship, so I wasn't abused or degraded regularly that I didn't want to be with this person. Uh, the weekend that we had that ended our relationship and everything was literally a, he flipped the script, he flipped the fuck out. And we had, I mean, it was a wild evening that she wants, you know, to talk about as mm-hmm. well. But we had had a previous relationship prior that had all of the same elements, just not quite the timeline. The long conversations, you know, finding out later that that person was married when at first they told me they the wife had died, you know, and then but enjoying the aspects of the friendship that you overlook some things and even we're just going to be friends, you know, we're not going to have a sexual relationship to having another relationship and or a BDSM relationship to, you know, just running a gamut of over course of years and then not seeing each other at all and then getting back together. But squishing it all together in a four year timeline, it could have been the same similar story as far as now their wife, except this person had their own home and all that kind of stuff. So they're not trying to get anything as far as moving in. But I see a lot of those people anyway. And I've had relationships with those guys, too, where you're, you know, I'm going to move in, you know, very quick. They move in very quick because they they hop from yeah they've never had their own home they've never had anything but they Mm -hmm. have a dominant personality and they do whatever but this person 100 percent has a dominant personality so the stuff that we did that would be considered to some people abusive that was consensual was all fun you know so i'm wondering if like when you first moved in with him and the bdsm part 
the stuff you felt like you were in training or you know what I'm saying? Like you're putting your house together. And so the stuff that you're being punished for or whatever seems like it's more scening or playing or creating your lifestyle of dominant submissive. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah, setting your house up, yeah, setting up and, the rules and the protocols and, yes. you know, for things while you're at home. And I did uh, that. Yes. You did all that. I did that. He didn't set, set anything to you. You had to say, these are going to be my limits and no, no, all that kind of stuff. We were pretty vanilla at home. We were pretty So then vanilla. he only played out in public, publicly? Correct. So he has a whole different public persona of being this... BDSM dom, yeah. heavy duty yeah. dom, but then at yeah. home he doesn't care. No, I mean about I, anything. I made my own, like my morning ritual that I absolutely loved. It was you know I would get up an hour or so, hour and a half, so that I could drink my coffee, and I'd make sure that his breakfast was made and his lunch was made. Coffee was ready. His clothes were put out. Mm-hmm. And he would take his shower, and then when he got out of the shower, I used oil on him and oiled him, you know, his back and everything. So made these sure. are services you wanted to do for your dom. He didn't put it in a contract, but had you had, had a contract, no you could have put that in there. Correct. You know, or you would have agreed mm-hmm. that would have been a service to provide. To make sure kind that of when he stuff. came home, food was on the table, ready to to go it, it sounds like that you did a lot of servicing for him is of there my any, own free will yes is yes. there what did he do for you he made his money working okay <laughs> and so, the most bizarre part was he told everybody that i didn't really make any money and i took care of all the bills that's what i was gonna ask well did he take care of your bills or any of that kind of stuff or any of that he made sure that i had access to his bank account mm-hmm. and but that was he would say you know oh i'd like to do this or have this and i'd make sure oh let me run down to the store and make sure that this is here he said he liked it let me go ahead and do that use the card or you know yeah whatever was happening because i had I had my budget from my life when I, you know, when I was single, I went two years who paid my bills. Right. I paid my bills. Right. I was perfectly able to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it was, she's living off of me. All she wants is my money. All, you know, it's, it was, I was using him because I've, mm-hmm. I had people ask, you know, did you stay with him because of finances finances and he, you know he kept you in a life you know in see i knew that wasn't true cuz i had known you before and knew that you had lived by yourself for forever and took care of yourself mm-hmm. um i think one thing that we probably need to really mention to people is that your abuser is also an alcoholic which has a lot to do bing 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 <laughs> with that's it. the mm-hmm. same with mine with, yes i believe alcohol and xanax that's why to when, be specific had a lot to do with that weekend for me yeah 
that's why when I first sat down next to him and I smelled alcohol on his breath, growing up in an alcoholic family. Yeah. And my first husband, my only husband, was an alcoholic. So knowing and seeing, I knew I didn't want... I, I go back at this moment, speaking with you guys, and go, I am so much smarter than this. Look at what all the stuff that I saw, and when I saw it, but I just... You, there was something in you, in the lifestyle, you had just come into the lifestyle. There was a need in you that needed to be fulfilled. And this was your moment to fulfill that need. He was funny. He was charming. He was everything that you thought that you wanted a dominant to be. And here was your chance. Now, we are all a whim- women of a certain age here. We are not spring chickens. And this may have been your last chance for happiness, for, the, for what you needed to fulfill. So I totally get it that you just ignored all the signs of it. Do you kick yourself in the ass over it? That is, it's one of those hide and sight is 2020. Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. kick myself in the ass for what happened because I wouldn't be where I am now. Stepping stones. It was, it was little things. Looking back, yes, I go, Oh, my God, why did I do? Really? And you saw that after how long? Right. You, what? And I sit there and go, but what was it that that kept me, that brought me to him, that made him the one that I wanted? Because Those eight-hour mm-hmm. cerebral conversations every yes. single day. Yeah. And that, thank you, cerebral. He was intelligent. I mm-hmm. was very i'm i'm a sapiosexual you don't turn me on unless he he was at least intelligent about the things that you were interested in he may not have been as intelligent as what you thought he did or he may real be he didn't list many of my stories he didn't know much about me Mm -hmm. because i was not able to talk it's not that i was told don't talk it was he talked constantly he wanted me to know who he was he always said that always tell your story to somebody because that's how you're remembered is by your story you your life will go on forever when you tell your story to somebody Hmm. interesting and that's what you're doing today Hmm. interesting when did the abuse start the physical because to me there's she said the, the emotional blurred but yeah. like when did it cross the line from okay first of all you're in a vanilla relationship so when did you get into the bdsm relationship part when you guys were living together no we were in bdsm when we left the restaurant he was he he was showing me toys that i'd never seen because i didn't know what most of it looked like we went out to his car and he showed me 
Campbell You're talking about when you first met him. The day. The, the afternoon. Day. That was the first time. When you time. met at a munch. Yeah. The first time I was struck was in the parking lot. That's the first time. But in my, it, that wasn't abuse. That was, oh, look. You, you're just feeling what toys are. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And we, my first, my first foray into anything impact, any kind of impact play, was he did come to my house and used that camel whip on me and took, you know, eight, I took eight different hits and I called Red and he stopped. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I just, you know, I, and I've seen him explain it to other people too, going back to the rapes and everything. Mm-hmm. That, so he knew what it was. He could tell everybody what it was. What Red was? What Red was. Okay, yeah. So then when you're playing, I know, I'm trying, because we're doing time, but I'm very Mm -hmm. interested. And also, when I ask a lot of questions, I do it to clarify, not just for us, but people that are listening. Because this is such a big deal. Because there is such a fine line between somebody topping you Mm -hmm. and abuse. Correct. And there, I mean, and, and now we have so many different levels of abuse. And then, you know, you can have people that go to hook up with someone just for sex. And because they talk to that person three or four times, they think the intent is different. And they now want to be in a relationship when all they wanted to do is hook up. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just saying, like, that's how right people accept different things so you guys have had this relationship that's been copacetic as far as the bdsm aspect and you're going to talk all the time he's interested in you he's you know we know now sitting back looking he's gaslighting and brainwashing we know what the technique is Mm -hmm. now because it's super easy to sit back and see that. But when you first meet this person, here's somebody you met who obviously you like how he looks. You like how um, you like what all, uh, you know, you guys are having intellectual conversations. You're really into possible impact play. Mm-hmm. You know, even though you're an alpha female, you feel kind of submissive with this guy. So he's checking all the boxes of everything that you like. And you met him in a daytime safe place. So mm-hmm. this is how your relationship is starting and then cultivating. And then you move in together. So regardless of what we think the, you know, we're not going to have to break that down. Psychology, your relationship has grown to the fact where he now feels you're serious enough to leave a relationship he's in and be with you. So that says, hey, I'm a serious person to this person. I mean something because I don't want to negate everything that you had. Mm-hmm. I know how angry and upset and whatever. And this person doesn't necessarily deserve your mercy however you don't need to feel bad for loving someone and trusting them and them checking all your boxes and sitting back going how could i do this how could i do this because we all have different ideas of alcoholics how people are act that are are alcoholics and different life scenarios of that 
I didn't have an open alcoholic person in my family that I had to deal with. Fortunately, whatever issues they had, they took care of as when I was young. So I didn't see it growing up, you know, like they had gotten help or whatever. I know people that drink regularly who are, I don't know, some people would say they're alcoholics, but they seem unaffected. They have a glass of wine every day and they don't, you know, they're not crazy. Functional alcoholics. They're completely functional and they pay their bills and they're not Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or Mrs. Hyde or whatever. And they, you know, whatever. So all that looks different to different people while we're saying this. So immediately when he moved in with you did it feel like a bdsm relationship or did you start immediately feeling like this is oh my god i've moved in with some like abusive type person like i'm trying to think of like who you would think you know stained up wife beater give me a beer you know whatever (laughs) you know how you would picture an abusive person. So my guess is you started your relationship. You're in the house. This is a BDSM setup. He hasn't... In my mind. Yes. In your mind. Yes. In your mind, it's a BDSM setup, which in a lot of people, what you say sounds like that's what you would do. So his personality had to flip at some point. So that's what we're trying to get to yeah. in the in the story. So it starts off... Y'all are cool. You go to parties. Everything's great. You seem like this cool power couple dynamic, like Braddy and her daddy, you know? I mean, he's he seems to be, they seem to be the one of the people that you would look up to in the scene, you know, like their dynamic and their oh, relationship. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like your BDSM royalty or whatever. I, I, I like have, to think that we've, that we've both been through enough in our life that we know what to do now. You know what I mean? Like we both have screwed up so much that we know how to do our relationship yourselves. Yes. Yeah. And communication is key. Always talk about everything. Communication big time. Yeah. And I was told that constantly, you know, every, uh, I will never lie to you. Will always, you know, even if I, if I go over to somebody's house and I'm either playing with them or fucking with them or whatever, I will always tell you up front, you know, what's what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and it never did that. I am finding out about now. Even now, I'm not finding people who come up and, oh yeah, the fifty million times, except I think at the very end when he got with my other abuser. So that that light switch just, I think it was when people in the community would walk away from our scenes because they looked at it, people in the community looked at it as disgusting, as if he was showing off, and they would not stand and watch it. Hmm. So because he wasn't the center of attention in the community... Because people all just just wouldn't watch. They couldn't handle it because I was I'm a very heavy bottom. So they saw it. A lot of it was it mainly happened when we got home. 
people didn't think he drank as much as he did. People thought he was sober throughout a whole party. Yeah. And he was he a was high not. functioning alcoholic. Yes. And, right. And if when I got home, if I had said no or while we were at a dungeon or at a party of some sort, he would then take it out on me when I got home and it was it was mainly verbal up until roughly the end. Um you know, the last maybe six months, I want to say about about six months, mm. everything was verbal. It went to that whole domestic violence wheel. Everything yeah. would get, you know, the gaslighting, the, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you're this, this horrible person, I'm going to, and I step back and go, okay. And then the and love then bombing. Oh, but, Mm-hmm. Let me go around, and then you can so see. I'm so sorry. I will yes. never hurt you ever again. Yes, but it was really your fault for pushing me. That's what I got. You know, I'm sorry, but it was still your fault. I'm glad you said that. I'm sorry, because, but <laughs> no, mm-hmm. it was your fault mm-hmm. for you pushing me. me. You made me do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to take you back a little bit with my story. Well, like I've said, I've never been abused, but my mother has. There was a time uh, where my father and my mother were constantly abusive. I'm assuming to one another, but she always made it sound like it was him. So that's the question that I have for her. Did she egg him on, you know? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. women can be really, really mm-hmm. fucking mean sometimes, yeah. you know, and can take a man down. And I know my mother was one of them. I wonder if she got her abuse that way, that she just kept pushing and pushing and pushing until he just snapped. I can't ask him about it, mm-hmm. or I can't ask him about it, and he won't answer me about mm-hmm. it. But there's no, no excuse on either side. Right. There's... Either side, no matter how much you're pushed, somebody else shouldn't retaliate by beating the crap out of Agreed. you. Agreed. And down to the very, like I said, at the very end, yeah, what I said was mean. It was a put down. People like me, they put up with you because they want me around. Yeah, that's not beat worthy. You know, that's not still even... A I get it. That's a dig, but it's not, you know, it's not worth a beating. And (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, I'm a nice little smart ass and I like getting my my digs in and I'm very sarcastic. You're a Sammy. And smart ass masochist. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. That's how we love each other. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can't, if, and he's definitely wasn't the person who could handle. A smart-ass masochist. But he enjoyed it. He loved that at the beginning. That's what drew us together. Because he could be, uh, you know, his smart-ass Dom with a little d. I could be my smart-ass self. And I could learn how to... I walked that tightrope for years. And you could... When I would step off of that rope, I you could just look at people and go... <gasps> When I was in the vanilla world. Now, I don't even think I know where that line is. (laughs) I'm so far out that I think people just 
they're like, oh, God, that was funny. <laughs> Not, oh, my gosh, <laughs> she's going oh to God, hell. Oh, my God, that was dark. And <laughs> we're right. all going to die. Bunny bunnies. All right, so, all right, let's go okay. to the end then. Um, and you're going to have to tell the story about your how your other abuser came into the picture. That is really when it got that's where it became physical the more i look back i think that is where when he wanted to bring in a third of some sort that's where the abuse started where is where does that fit into the timeline uh my my other abuser it would be within four months from the end yeah and I think this really <clears throat> big start was March of 2018. Okay. Per video. <laughs> Did she ever live with y'all? No. No, she stayed with us. She, you know, was always there and he always was like, is it okay if she comes over? Well, okay. Is it okay if she stays? Is it okay? How did he present that? That he wanted to bring in another submissive. He wanted me to learn how to be dominant and tell her that she was going to be part of, to make friends with her, and to then ask her to be part of our group so that she was able to come back and say, well, you're the one that wanted me, so I came in because of you. You asked me to. No, I was told to. But made it sound, I was told to be an alpha female submissive, work on learning how to be a dominant. It was so convoluted. So to go get girls for y'all or him or whatever, that was your primary, is how he, in the end, when you're like, this isn't really what I wanted. Or he was telling you, yeah, we're going to open up our space, you're going to. She's going to be our sub. Yes. Yours and my sub. So that was this person's role. That's how it was spun. I think he prepped it with bringing in all the guys. And that was within that year. And that wasn't, again, that was more mental abuse from him by bringing in people that would physically abuse me. Okay, hold on. Wait, yeah, yeah that's you're going to have to. I don't know. Jump back away. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah. We're. Okay. Uh, okay, so, so. Yeah. Where are we in this? The guys were first. Part? Yes. So you're living together, your BDSM relationship, you're vanilla to start with. We're still vanilla in. Our at, everyday life. At home. When you're, we're vanilla. you're living more of like a hot wife swinger type like he would bring in guys for you no for your home no no so you're so when did the extra people appear was that just playtime no i was told to be naked in the bed and he had found just random people on craigslist who at the time, he was like, oh, no, this is a friend from Morristown. But this, this is a friend is, from but somewhere. But this happened at your house. Yes. And while y'all were together, living together. Correct. And so was this like, okay, like, for instance, in my relationship with my daddy that I live with now, 
which, by the way, he is not abusive. I'm prefacing this. This is not when I talk about my being abused is completely nothing with this relationship. As a matter of fact, my relationship is probably not as exciting as he would like it to be because he's been picking up the pieces from before. He's been your saucer. <laughs> Holding you up. Or glue, whichever. <laughs> I don't know which, but yeah. Sure, he's been the overflow saucer. So it's his name, Elmer? <laughs> yeah, right? His name is Elmer. Oscar was his code name. Elmer's get code names. But his, him, though, because I'm just like, ugh. If I wanted that, we could... That would not be a problem whatsoever. But we play, we have fairly, I'd say, pretty vanilla life just because I'm older and life, stuff I'm doing. Yeah. But we play at least, you know, m- once a month minimally. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm guessing you guys were, we have these dates that we play, or I'll randomly do what I want to do. I'm just trying to figure out, like, this is just a Tuesday, and it's like, go to the room. This is Joe for your enjoyment, or for my enjoyment, because well, I, I like to watch. His, he wanted to watch. Because he's he a lawyer and yeah. whatever, or couldn't perform, or whatever his deal is. Yeah, uh, and it was, it could be <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon. On It was mainly on week or when he was off, on weekends or so. So yeah, is this so like just, a regular thing or what? Like, I don't think that I'd hate that life. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. No, like, I understand. I mean, I, and you it, know, so he wasn't abusive at this time, or was he? Or did he have them abuse you? Because it sounds like the story of, oh, it sounds like he's taken parts of all the different, like, BDSM, classic BDSM <laughs> movies and strung them together. Mm-hmm to make these scenes like the story of oh he were all these consensual no i had no say whether i wanted to or not if they were Period. there you were doing it if i if they were there as a, take his me to submissive. that conversation though because <laughs> and i'm just i'm and i'm so sorry i'm no. putting myself in your situation but which sh- i shouldn't do but take me to that conversation where it's it's Get naked on the bed. This is happening. Um, I'm sorry, uh, what? sir. Um, can we talk, can we negotiate this? Can we talk about this? Uh, no, you know that. There take, is no negotiation. Take me to that to that conversation. And if he's been mentoring you this time, how do you not know that you can't negotiate? He's told you what I say goes. There is no negotiation. Did you know that that was a thing? It wasn't even that I didn't know it was a no go- that there was no negotiation because I would say no I don't no I don't want this and it it would either be well you know I would say no 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 over and over it was at first it was like well I guess it's you know it's just gonna ruin my weekend or guilt. You know, it could right, be guilt. that. Yes. All right. And guilt then first. It was, yeah. And then it came around to, well, if you know, I want you to, I want you to do this, and for you to p- perform, I know that you always had that rape fantasy. You already told me, and then it was getting mean and mean and mean, mm-hmm. where you know 
I'm just trying to do what you've always wanted. I want you to, I want this to be your fantasy, what, you know, what you've always fantasized about. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I really didn't have a rape fantasy, but okay. I'm you know. doing this for you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I have no problems. <laughs> I like to kind of get to know somebody. Right. Two you seconds. Criteria. Yeah. You know, what's your name, Bill? Okay. You have the criteria for who, you know, what you want to do. You got some with standards. That. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I got my standards. I got some standards. Yeah. You yeah, know. like you'd like to be let in on that secret. Right. You know what I mean? So well, by the after the first couple times where I was like, look, I need to at least know who these people are, even though you say they're friends. And then it was, okay, we'd have half an hour conversation with this person. Mm-hmm. And then it was, let me show you my dominance with a little D. Get back in the room, get naked, doing it that way. And I was like, it got to the point where I would drink so that it would be okay. I would relax enough with these strangers that and that got scary too was there I mean, a time where you resisted yes. and if you did what would happen guilt just the guilt yeah so there wasn't it any took... physical recourse to that no usually it was just the physical from the person you know and uh, would sometimes... he direct it or just let him do whatever uh he would direct it there for a little bit especially like to get it going or something no he wanted to see uh, you know uh, i don't even know if i can say that uh yeah you can say yeah you can the say bbc yeah yeah, you can oh, say yeah. BBC. Okay. I just, we say yeah. what we want okay and we, we don't, don't care. care you can give <laughs> details you can, i mean you can be freaky bbc's so, a thing here's the thing like nothing that you are saying on what you're doing independent is shameful necessarily you understand what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. don't feel ashamed and and again you don't have to say what you did or you can keep that on the low you're allowed to reveal or not reveal anything but right off the bat whatever you were doing or chose to do is nothing that y'all did in my opinion, I haven't heard anything that's right. off the charts crazy or whatever. I was looking at censorship. That's all oh, I was thinking. Yeah. So, okay. sorry. Oh, now that no, I know there's no, no censorship, let's get into this right, stuff. Well, yeah. And the, and the thing <laughs> is, is like, I don't want you to feel shameful, which I don't think that you do. No. For any of the stuff that you did, the, the issue is the non-consent. Mm-hmm the gaslighting you about what a BDSM relationship is and the fact that he went from mentor to literal master-slave relationship. Because if you had zero negotiating power except to leave, then you were in a classic master-slave relationship. And the way that you tell your story, what makes this so dangerous and volatile by the way and how we know things end up and then our listeners will eventually also but what makes it so scary is because the elements of themselves are kind of benign Mm -hmm. it's how that deck shuffled 
And that's what makes it so scary. And depending on the things that you can take or the things that you were kind of into or the things that you you know, talked about doing um, and the fact that you didn't negotiate things that there's a big difference besides what you might whisper to somebody while you're getting off verbally than what you want to happen in real life. There's a big Mm -hmm. difference between talking about an impossible scene you know, yeah, and then the fantasy, and then yeah, complete <laughs> fantasy. And when you're in BDSM, you do get to actually act out a lot of fantasies that normally you probably wouldn't. But there's still limits, you know. Mm. There's still boundaries to that, and so for you to be able to share something like. You know, if you had a rape fantasy, mm-hmm. which for a lot of people who have been taken advantage of, it's very cathartic to go through that, uh, which, you know, but even if you did to exploit it is something else. And that's where the some people listen to this story and listening with different ears are like, well, you know, what do you expect? This is mm. what, you know, you agreed to. That, but did I? Right, exactly. At, at what see, point have you heard me in any of this conversation? Did see, I say, that's okay, right. yeah, why don't that's you go ahead thing. and bring somebody it's, in? It's the lack of consent in the general, like, like I'm saying, mm. you went from mentor to, you know, mentee to slave. And nowhere have we heard you consent to anything except for a vanilla relationship with BDSM sprinkled through it for some excitement or whatever. And I thought we were going to be living more of the Dom sub. I was, I almost felt like he was a daddy Dom at the time because I felt like the whole, well, I will go out and earn the money and you take care of me so I can take care of you. And, you know, when things are, you know, when things were happy, it was that he's taking care of me. He's, he's going to take care of me like nobody else has. Mm -hmm. And I needed that, that feeling of I'm safe. There's somebody that is, you know, that will keep the big bad wolf away, not knowing He was the big bad wolf. And that's how he got me. Because I remember having the conversation with him. Because you have an autoimmune disease. And you do chemo. And you need some extra taken care of. And that was my conversation with him. Are you going to take care of her? Oh, yes. I'm going to take care of her. I love her so much. I mean, just spouting off bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And I, and I believed him because, like I said, he hadn't he hadn't proven me wrong otherwise. Narcissists are just like that. I know. Ew. So let's go to that evening where you said, this is enough. I'm not having this anymore. The day that everything. Yeah. Like everything. Like the day that I left. Everything yes. went completely the day, that, the day that everything went to shit and we came to your house and changed your locks. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So this it gets into where it, 
Honestly, I don't know how victims are able to go and write their story for a an order of protection. I do not understand how, because I wrote down everything that happened. And then I went back and I watched the videos and wrote down everything that happened. Two different stories, two, two different, different perspectives, two different timelines, two different you know, oh, I don't remember saying that. Or, oh, I don't remember him doing that part. So bless everybody that can write it down and get everything because it's so strange. And I just wanted to put that one out there that it's... I'm sure there's some science behind it that you're in... When you're writing that down, you're still in shock mm-hmm. over the situation and your mind is not as clear and they just need to see certain words and it's so we'll go back to the beginning of the end okay the end of the beginning of the end of the end therefore about maybe two weeks or so i know there was a big thing in march that was choking slamming around i'll put a bullet through your head um the uh throwing two liter bottles at your face and dragging you out to the kitchen and waterboarding you for, I don't know, an hour. Those were bad. <laughs> and then for about two weeks prior to me leaving, I would wake up in the middle of the night with him with his knees on my arms, choking me, just screaming in my face and choking me. You would wake up like that? Yes. Did you notice he was drinking more at the time or was it pretty consistent? You know, you said that he had had drinks all the time. Yeah. And it was not drinks. He'd have little shot glasses over in the corner. But I mean, by that point, that was maybe, like I said, maybe six months from the end that 530 would come along and he would get off work at six so i knew at six o'clock i was going to be on the phone until he came in the door 5 30 my stomach was just in a ball because i knew by the time he got home at seven by 8 30 it was on all of the verbal all the physical abuse was getting ready to happen every single day i knew it okay so you know it and i'm yeah. I'm going to say this. It's going to sound like victim blaming, not victim blaming. Mm-hmm. Why are you staying? Are you making a plan to get out? It's called or- trauma bond. It's, okay. And it's her house. Right. And it wasn't It wasn't even that it was my house. I, I swear it was a trauma bond. It was uh, when the people start to, you get held hostage and... Oh, oh uh, Stockholm oh, syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Okay, okay yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. So yeah. you had like Stockholm syndrome with this person. You felt like right. So okay. Well, first of all, you guys would be there with you, and y'all would do it or mm-hmm. whatever. Okay, but so we're jumping back to did before. Did, yeah, because we're like trying, that was I a know. year or so prior. Okay, to prior. All of that. Yeah, but he was. Did you think it was mean, or this was just something that kind of turned y'all both on? But now, looking back, you find it degrading, or you found it degrading the whole entire time, and you didn't want to do it? 
And you felt coerced? I felt coerced. Okay. Um, A lot of it, he would lie and say, oh, these are friends. These are friends of, oh, remember I told you about this guy in this town that I used to hang out with? More gaslighting. They've already been vetted. So the way he was telling me is these people are already vetted. And then I found out they were people that he found randomly on Craigslist. How did I find that out? While somebody was on top of me. How do you know this, my abuser? Oh, well, I was just on, he said that you you wanted this, you wanted to have BBC and, you know, have that up your ass and take this bitch. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's not cool. They These people that he said were vetted weren't vetted. They were just random people. So that's all power right there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. To to sit there and say, no, no, I don't want this to happen. And then taking a couple shots to get through it because I knew it was just going to get ugly afterwards. And then him making me drinks. How many times have you seen me out drinking? I really don't drink that much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's but to be like, OK, that's the way I'm going to be able to get through this perfect and the one that i just remember horribly because i had to go to my gynecologist um there was a guy just fucking the hell out of me and i screamed red i was like i just can't you know i would i could just feel that things were getting torn up and it had to stop and i screamed red my abuser walks in and said, you know, this guy's obviously vanilla. He has no clue why I'm screaming red. Well, my abuser's standing there watching this. And he said, well, red in our community means stop. So she's asking you to stop. So you must stop. And you can see where he kind of turns his back and the guy takes one last slam where I could feel blood just I was like oh this is gonna be bad and told him told my my abuser that he had to go he had to leave and he kept him there all night he kept him there all night to the next day and that was the first person that he had done that with he kept that guy there all night he made that guy he asked that guy to stay he enjoyed after i called red and he made the guy stop usually these guys would be there they'd fuck the hell out of me and then they'd be like peace out and go and it was like okay but this guy was there all night now i i mean i did see a lot of my abusers a different side of my abuser that i did not know as much as he was sucking the guy's cock getting fucked in the ass um you know it was just as much this guy was as much for him i think he he wanted him to stay so you know i i would wake up and i'm like okay you're standing over my head why is that guy's cock in your mouth this is pretty fucking hot because 
I'm I'm a voyeur. I would mm-hmm. if he had just said that's what he wanted, I would have been all over that. But to force them on me when I say no over and over and then I scream red in the middle of it because three days later I hadn't talked to him at all about everything that had happened. And he was like, What is going on? What's wrong? I said, You let that guy rape me. He raped me abuser he raped me and he was he said well you know i'm sorry you feel that way but it's your fault all you had to do is say no i said red and drove off to work i'm like mm-hmm. yeah so these these little things were building up to built up to the everything that happened in march where it was on video. I made sure to pull it off and send it to a friend that could hold on to it in case something went south. Whether I was dead, so that there would be proof of, you know, the threat of a bullet through my head, or if it had to go to court and it was sent, I sent it to my other abuser. So. And was, these are different videos from the last night. Is that correct? Correct. He had videos in bedrooms, in living room, in outside, a couple outside, um, and you know, plus the computers. Um, he had a one of the computers over the bed, over the TV. So pointing, you know. I, paranoid much you think <laughs> so i mean that saved my butt right well, and yeah he's a voyeur too though probably yeah, so but i have to look at it and go are you fucking stupid you're gonna put cameras in your own house and then you're gonna do all this stuff and then deny it and then deny that you- yes how mm-hmm. dumb are you are you the president or something <laughs> <laughs> anyway um okay so <laughs> that evening uh your other abuser is there correct um hanging out it was it a, was it a date did they usually come yeah was there a certain time where they were there every night or it how got did that to work the point where she was there a lot and in the, your house and in my house exactly okay, but yeah so the dude thing he got his he finally got what he wanted with that because that's what it sounds like he orchestrated enough till he got what he wanted yeah whether he he found an intelligent man with a huge dick who had no problems i guess he was bi i don't know maybe it was his first time they both did a lot of drinking so and I don't think so. I think he was a he. I think, but part of his sadistic tall. nature is the fact that this dude hurt you or whatever. So mm-hmm. in his fantasy with this dude, he could be like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm enough for you or whatever. <laughs> I don't know whatever kind of dumb thing he was doing." But so then it was like, "Okay, we're done with the guys." Because that guy hurt you, so that way he could be like, I got what I wanted, we're done with this now. 
because you're not going to do it again. You were hurt, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it so there weren't any more it. men that came through the door no. with this. It, then it is like, let's try a female, right. you know? And these were always, I'm bringing in these guys. I'm bringing in this girl, but I want you, you know, you guys seem to have, you know, a rapport. Now, come on, Braddy. How many people do I know? How many? I mean, there aren't many people in my mind, and that might be the narcissist in me. I don't think there are many people in our community that think I'm a complete and utter bitch. I don't think so. I'm always nice to everybody. So because she and I had words and I spoke to her and I was nice. Oh, well, you guys are besties. Well, no. <laughs> I, I've i talked to her a couple times. Yeah, guys think that's how it is, though. A lot yeah. do. A lot do. I'm not saying. And I'm not I'm not I trying. I talked to you one time, and I'm going to be your uh, best friend for life. Yeah. I'm going to be your are, maid of honor. There exactly. are a lot. Yeah. There are, I mean, you know, movies that people want. What, there are people. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm sorry. There are people that think it works that way. And it, it, does, it doesn't. But... You know, I'm trying to as much get into his creepy head as I am. Please don't. Trying you really to, don't want to be there. <laughs> trying to um, see what's what's up with all that, with the timeline. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be like, well, what's going on? So, I know, because, it's so... Well, no, because like any of these instances, like I said, if you cut it up just raw mm-hmm. and look at it. Why didn't you go? Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 red flag. But see, I see with the tra- trail of events, okay, this is something we tried. This is a fiasco. We're not going to do this. I went ahead and did what I was wanting to do anyway because it might have been a buy fantasy, you know, from the beginning with him watching and whatever. This might be something regardless that you guys had whatever and he worked up to it worked it out he still may do it on the side or whatever but see you stay because he's like he did the horrible thing of having that guy stay all night which is just that's sadistic on his part and super shitty to you but something that you would do to humiliate somebody if you were trying to act out how you thought bdsm went according to a movie or a book. You know what I mean? 50 did, did he ever say that he was into the old guard or he was um, had lived that lifestyle before? And for anybody that doesn't know what the old guard is, um, you basically start at the bottom. It does not matter who you are, male or female, and you work your way up. You start as a slave and then you work your way up to master. Had he said that he was in that particular lifestyle before? Yes. Um, he had met a master out at a, one of the clubs, and he became his slave. The way he talked, he was there, you know, after school, because he was 17 or so. And, you know, just the things that this master would do, you know, he was like, you should feel, and it was... You know, comparing, you should feel devastated 
if I don't, you know, if I walk by you and don't acknowledge your existence, you know, because his master wanted him naked, ass up at the table, you know, at the front door, dinner ready to go. And he's like, I would be completely devastated when he would walk past me and not fuck me in the ass. So I'm not excusing any of his behavior, but I can see where it's come from Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how he feels that way. My other question to you was, were you directed to find a third? Were you directed to pursue your other abuser? Yes. Twice. The first time it was with her, same same times, the same person. I was told to tell her that she needed to be at our house. You know, she had, it was right after a month. She needed to be there. She needed, you know, showered and ready to go. And all that was consensual. Correct. But I had to tell her he couldn't. Yes. Did he give a reason why? I had no, he said that it was because he wanted me to become more dominant okay. to become like a dominant over he our was, third. He was letting you take the reins of this one. Right. Yeah. To make it look good because... You were going to get to top the female. <clears throat> That's how the story was mm-hmm. presented to me. You know, you're going to you're going to tell her to come in. You're going to tell her to do this and that. You're going to tell her um, to be here. Well... Then she, you know, she said something to be a, me about this other person. She was in a relationship with these other, um, these this other couple, and she said, um, "Okay, well, I need to ask." Blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I told my abuser that, and he flipped out. She's not allowed anywhere near here. She's not allowed. You know, I don't want her to even blink at me. She. I was like. Okie dokie. <laughs> because she had she belonged to somebody else at the time. And that and that upset him? Yes, because when we told her to do something, she it was she was doing what she was supposed to by telling her Dom whoever that she was gonna come over. Well he wanted her her to not say anything he wanted it to be like you're coming because i told you to not because you were allowed to because some other dominant said that you could i see oh he wanted her to go against the rules and protocol of her previous couple i get it yeah he's a piece of work Anybody listening, this is not if to be a good dominant, please don't do these things. Yes, these are <laughs> these are all things that you actually see in bad movies and bad storylines on how not to be a dom. Like you know, it's like, are you kidding? Okay, and the thing is is it's honestly the total lack of communication, period. You know, I was told there that he was black and white, black and white. When I say this, this is what you do. 
I will always tell you straight. Yes. I wanted, uh, well, I was supposed to go to um, a birthday party, my family, my sister's birthday party, and was called every five minutes to give me an update on a golf game on TV. After being told, yeah, yeah, go, no, it's your family, go on, go ahead. I got back, and that was, you know, kneeling on the linoleum for a couple hours because I should have known that I shouldn't have gone. That's abuse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, like, well, I, I'm just saying. I'm giving saying, you the choice. I'm not telling you not to go. Right. I'm giving you the choice of not to go. Yeah, But not saying that, saying yeah. go, go. Yeah. However, it's a, a huge major red flag mm-hmm. is whenever in a BDSM relationship, uh, regardless, the... Uh, sub should never be punished for being around people that love her, family, support systems, whatever. Even when it's somebody that might not understand the lifestyle, unless they are detrimental to that sub's mental health. But if you're an alpha female, your dom rarely has to worry about that sort of thing that is somebody trying to completely 100% manipulate and it's abusive isolating behavior because when you're in a BDSM relationship it is not Stockholm syndrome type situation it is a consensual relationship in a dynamic that you choose which when you went in doing the given the closet you here, you take the bigger thing. I'll make things work. I would like to be a minimalist anyway, whatever. You doing, you know, whatever little services that you do, those are all consensual things that you want to do with them. The fact that there was zero negotiation and zero consent given for some of these things, and then you went from a, quote, mentor down to a slave relationship within just a matter of, you know, it was a few short years, you know, um, that you can see the frog in the pot abuse here. You can see what's happening as an abuser under the guise of BDSM. And he may want BDSM and enjoy that with the lifestyle, but sadly, he's like every cliche of every movie, which, you know, makes me feel like he read a book about the old guard and then told you that that's what happened with his experience on how he started and What's came that up. lifestyle that, uh, is it, is it well, like... that could be wrong. Is it like gore or... Oh, yeah. yeah. That fantasy. Gorian. Yeah. What is it? Oh man, on the based on that book or yeah, some, yeah, and it's like super aggressive BDSM, extremely high protocol. Yes, just mm-hmm. I'm not interested in it, but I know that there are people out there. And that when you said that, it makes me think that he read those books. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna realistically live my life this way. Well, the type of stuff that she's talks about that they're doing just <laughs> gives me flashbacks of every random cliche movie I've seen on the subject, as far as stuff that's going on, or like he's just a classic porn addict and. You know, enjoys. Yeah, I mean, we can boil it down enjoys to enjoys BDSM he is just an abuser, and yeah, that's as, using. I th- I think he's using BDSM as a cover, as mm-hmm. well. I'm right there with you. Yeah, so outwardly misses the days when you could just beat your wife or whatever publicly. You know, <laughs> like you know. Be, shut up whatever so, which is crazy because that person would outwardly say the most misogynistic things so you would think but as a comic it's hilarious when you're not involved in that like it's you know super funny actually <laughs> a lot of a lot of the stuff when you're not in it <laughs> you right. know what I mean? So well, and he had the excuse of coming, you know. Oh, we're going to go to this party because anything that I had done that week before it got really physical at home, mm-hmm. he could take out on me right then and there at the party. Yeah. See, that was the thing. If you have people turning away from the scene, like in my opinion, at a party. It's, I don't know what your scenes were like. You guys might have to set that up. I'm sure you've seen a scene with them. I don't know. When she says she's a heavy bottom, was it just too much? Like it never stopped? Or was it just... It, it never stopped. It was really, really hard, Like in my opinion. Just like the... I don't think that he knew how to wield his weapon very well and would do things incorrectly, which would just make the marks just insane. And, you know, I I don't know what your scene was, but the degradation, that was a lot to take to for some some people. I didn't. And see, I don't remember any of the degradation because I was... Yeah, you were in. I you were somewhere gone. else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. By that point, I, w- you know, in the, the middle of the scenes. I now watching later on, watching him with other people when he got to that point in our time together, and there are other people that they called red because one hit, and this person was very hard bottom. And she called Red. Yeah, there's no warm-up. He didn't believe in a Mm warm-up. I I think that's the one thing that I remember. You don't need a warm-up. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was. It was, you know, even at the beginning, he would do, you know, he was like, oh, I got to do a runner with a skateboard. Oh, I got to. And it broke a camel whip on my ass. You know, just enjoyed the fact that I could. How much you could take? Yeah. He bent a metal um, cane on my ass. I think it hit my hip because that hurt for <laughs> that hurt for a little bit. That stung. But he was like, hey, take a picture of this because it's next to this and it's bent. And he was so proud of that. 
there were so many things that he was so proud. He was proud of me for being able to take. And when I would be in a scene with somebody else, he had to jump in. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't finish a scene with somebody where I would be able to call Red and have them immediately stop. I vaguely remember scening with him, vaguely, and him being too hard even for me right there just because i felt like he didn't he didn't know how to hold his weapon what he was doing i thought he was just like taught the wrong way to swing he's nothing like my daddy who's (laughs) very very awesome um but my hatred for him has blocked all of that out and i don't even remember that now i could say i don't i don't even know who you are didn't like it then not gonna like it now go away (laughs) go get 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 now get get to get wow so this has been a heavy episode and on the end of get we're gonna get on out of here we really want to thank you so much for joining us we're gonna conclude this two-parter next week it's been a pretty heavy time and there's a lot of stuff going on and I just want to tell you guys how grateful we are for you for listening to us. Uh, I know the holidays can be definitely tough and stressful. We hope you don't find yourself in this type of situation, but if you are, please reach out to us at gabandgirltime at gmail.com and or you can hit me up on Facebook, my Instagram at gabandgailtime. You can hit up uh, Braddy at Brady Von Beaverhausen and of course Bruce Tonsil's On Fet Life. Uh, don't stay in any type of situation like this if you can possibly get out. If you are blessed to be in an excellent relationship, hold these be- your people tight. We just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much and thanks for joining us on Gabin Girl Time. Gabin Girl Time. Gabin Girl Time. Merry Christmas.